Which way do we go? Pardon me. That way is a very nice way. Who said that? Don't be silly, Toto. Scarecrows don't talk. It's pleasant down that way, too. That's funny. Wasn't he pointing the other way? Of course, people do go both ways. Do they ever, Mr. Scarecrow? Do they ever? They go both ways. Mm. Some people go both ways. I think some of Dorothy's friends, as the expression may go, go a couple of interesting ways. Yes, FODs. Yes. yes. Uh, you know, FO big Ds. FO, well, no shame in that game. You know, sure. I have heard that expression, friend of Dorothy. Obviously, that's, a, that's an old queer term for yes. someone who's gay, for a gay man. And, you know, there's always been that, like, Dorothy, Judy Garland, obviously, connection to the to the gay community. But watching The Wizard of Oz again, I was like, friends of Dorothy, these queens yes. she found along the way. These are these misfits that didn't fit into their own skins, into their own kind of, like, archetypes. Like, you yeah. know, he's not a real scare or he's not a real man because he doesn't have a brain. He's not, he doesn't have courage. You know, he doesn't have a heart. Mm-hmm. They're, they're all missing something. They're all these kind of misfits, these uh, outcasts yeah, that yeah. she collects and is like, hey, we'll stick together and yeah. we'll, we'll help each other out. We'll, we'll solve each other's problems. You know, we gay people, we get to choose our families. We get to choose our families. And you know what? What I also love about this is so often gay men are embraced by straight women mm-hmm. for whatever reason mm-hmm. and uh, flock to them yep. as as a as a beard or as safety or as mm-hmm. uh, kind of a sense of of belonging and understanding yeah um and and it's uh it's a beautiful kind of connection right that that they yeah. they struggle together yeah I flocked to the girls when I was twelve years old in sixth grade oh, yeah. when all the boys turned against me and who was left but the girls because I was you know I mean there was a whole number of things but I, at the end of the day I was I was presenting queer sure. in some way and whatever that was that these other boys saw in me they were afraid of what they could see in themselves right so they all rejected me yeah and the girls didn't ask any questions it didn't matter whether i was gay or not we were 12 no i don't they may have been having conversations on their own but nobody ever was like well are you well and so many girls you know that i grew up with uh, i think responded well to me because i wasn't mean to them mm-hmm. when sure. boys turn mean to girls i wasn't so yeah. it's was like okay well you could be my friend you yeah know? well and i think that's what it is is that that when you're younger it's you know like I knew I was gay and they probably knew I was gay but they were willing to believe me when I said I wasn't and I was willing to believe me when I said I wasn't right but it wasn't and none of it was about the gay or the straight thing or the sexuality at all it was to that point it was just like I was nice to them they could connect to me there was something they could connect to within each other that they could then connect with too in me there was that sensitivity yeah Um, and and you know to bring this back to the Wizard of Oz I mean the scarecrow was nice to Dorothy so mm -hmm. she's like hey yeah, oh, I'm going to see. I'm going to fix my problems. I need to get home. Right. You need a brain. I'm sure the wizard can help you out. Yeah. Yeah. It's Come like, on, let's figure this out together. And she says, well, you're no worse off if he doesn't give you one. You don't <laughs> right. have one now. You might as well go for the journey. Yeah. And it makes me think of just like so many like so much of Dorothy's experience in Oz and these and these guys that she meets and, and this journey they go on. It's the journey that so many queer people go on leaving their small town America homes and, you know, leaving Kansas and right. whatever Kansas is a is a placeholder for and going to some crazy exotic. Leaving the, the drab black and white yeah. life that they're leave, leading and mm-hmm. finding Technicolor, you right, know? Right. And like the most important thing is to find your allies, find your tribe along the way. Right. 
and I think it's a it's this concept that we're because we're Drag Race fans because we've heard RuPaul talk about it because it's something we think about a lot. We it's something that's so familiar to us. I think it's something that's so endemic to our gay experience. Sure. And so when I think of it in the context of, the, of I was going to say the Devil Wears Prada, the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> same thing. Same thing. Um, <laughs> and uh, the Devil Wears Ruby, green makeup. Ruby slippers. Yeah. Ruby slippers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I think of the Wizard of Oz, I think, oh, this is this is not necessarily before all of that. But before all of that was a larger story. It was before gay people were publicly finding their tribes and gay men were applying this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this. Decoding it themselves. Yeah. 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 And it's just there's something about going back to an, uh, especially a queer influence from like the 1930s, you know, in terms of the movie. Oh, at my least. God. Right. And it's like, wow, this is like. They've been around forever. Yeah. They've been around forever. And uh, and it makes me think of gay men in the 60s. And this was their reference points. You know, yeah. we look at our reference points now, you know, movies from the 80s and the 90s. Right. Um, or we have so many things that are current and are actively queer. Right. And this you had to like go and find the queer meaning in it. Yeah. You had to see it for yourself. Yeah. Uh, you know, we should tell our Marys uh, or our matrons what they're listening to. This is actually our Marys that this might be listening. All our Marys and maybe some potential matrons because this is a, uh, a bonus episode. Episode for all this week of All Right Mary. All right, Mary. All right, Mary. All right, Dorothy. All right, Dorothy. <laughs> um, which is our podcast dedicated to all things Drag Race, the world of Drag Race, and the paradigm that RuPaul has created with this little BD BD TV show. I'm Johnny, and I am Colin. And with season ten right around the corner, we thought, how do how do we how do we celebrate the occasion? Uh-huh. Uh, and I think the, <laughs> the best thing we could do is to look back on. A movie that has influenced RuPaul, has influenced the two of us, has influenced drag, has influenced gay men, sure. has influenced cinema and art and music. Um, of course, The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Um, the Wizard of Oz. I mean, a historic film in yeah. its own right, mm-hmm. right? Um, Technicolor. Yeah. And switching from black and white to Technicolor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a very, very famous score, which I'll talk to, talk about uh, in a little bit. Um, you know, costumes. You have a, half the cast is uh, little people. Oh my god! You I know? forgot how many Munchkins there were. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, and just a huge budget at the time. Oh uh, sure. Yeah, and what's crazy about it is at the time it was kind of it didn't make a, it wasn't like a box office like explosion. It kind of made its money back, but it took decades to really like become something and it wasn't until they started showing the wizard of oz on television oh, right. in the 50s yeah. that it blew up yeah um, like every year yeah and so there's something kind of special about that too that it took a little while for people to really well, once it got into people's homes yeah right? yeah yeah, yeah. That it became something that people could watch like alone or mm-hmm. like in a bl- wrapped in a blanket you know right you know there's something about that's a good point because there's something about this movie and maybe it's because i grew up with it this is like the first movie i Really remember watching and loving. Oh, okay. Um, like at the age of like three, like this sister act for me. Yeah, so. and there's always that. This, like it was this, and then it was the Poseidon Adventure. Oh right. But okay. this first, um, she got through. She got through, which is really a very similar story. It's a similar journey that that Fair. a bunch of misfits go on. Yeah. You know, you it's go. like you've got the Scarecrow, you've got Shelley Winter. I <laughs> don't see the difference. Um, and you know, I um, it's one of those movies though that like I feel like whenever I watch it now. Well, I have to be alone because oh. I cry through most of it. Oh, okay. Oh, I cried through so much of this watching it again. Yeah. By the end, ugh. Yeah, no, it's like ugly, ugly cry. When when the three guys are like arrived, or I was like, <gasps> I did yeah. one of those. Even yeah. though I, I kind of knew already. Right. I forgot. Right. Uh, so it's like 
I want to be wrapped up and cozy at home oh, when I watch this it's movie. It's so precious at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When she's just looking around and be like, you were there and you were there. And- oh, I, it, it's like, ugh. Yeah. I'm getting the tingles just thinking about it. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. And, and, you know, let's not go too far without saying her name. Judy Garland. Judy Garland. Yeah. Oh, she, I mean, I'll be, uh, <laughs> uh, a gay rights pioneer, you know, an advocate, mm-hmm. um, her and her father, I believe, who mm-hmm. is also gay. Oh, I don't know that. I think yeah. that that's something I heard. But uh, yeah, uh, very outspoken mm-hmm. for the gay community for a very long time. Yeah, I, I think, you know, what I love about Judy Garland is that it's it's her openness to her gay audience and it was also like the way that people just identified with her as her it's uh-huh. that tragic judy garland story it's, oh, it's, oh i see well in retrospect right right that right, story. right there's okay. that that hook to judy garland okay yeah um when i watch it now and i watch her it's less about like oh tragic judy i'm not thinking about judy no. in the 60s i'm not thinking about the pills i'm not thinking no. about that it's i think what it is is like watching her performance in this and this ties back to drag race is that there is this vulnerability to Judy Garland, to Dorothy Gale, that is, like, there are so few actors, I think, that can just reach that. That right. can do that. You know, it's funny. I was reading up a little bit about The Wizard of Oz, and um, Shirley Temple was mm-hmm. originally supposed to be cast as Dorothy, mm-hmm. but they found that, you know, she's too charming. Okay. And yeah. that uh, Dorothy didn't need to charm the adults in that story. She needed to defy them. She needed to defeat them. She needed to teach them. She needed to bring them along on her journey Mm -hmm. as opposed to just kind of wink and smile and be cute. Yeah. So they cast a little bit older. And I mean, just with her performance of Summer Over the Rainbow, I mean, it's such a simple idea and such a simple song and people, I think, uh, look over it so quickly. Mm-hmm. But her performance that she lip syncs mm-hmm. is it, it, it's uh, unmatched. Mm-hmm. Well, she lip syncs it during the filming, right? Like she's like, oh, that's what I mean. Right, yeah. right. Just yeah, this wasn't a Millie Vanilli situation, right? Um, yeah, that oh, was no, no. that was the style. That's her. They would record the music before, and then yeah, and then lip sync on the set. Um, so you know, no shame in lip syncing for your life, Mama. Oh, I know. Um, but yeah, there's something. It's it's ineffable. There's this thing that she's able to do just in like her presence that I think that like I'm so it's like she's she's always a little puddly eyed. She's always, you know, it, she's always just on the edge of, of breaking. You right. Know? But then to your point, she's also she's a tough little cookie. Yeah. I, the, yeah. I, I, she she comes up with the whole plan mm-hmm. to to beat this witch well even from the beginning with miss gulch when oh gulch yeah was threatening to take, bite you i'll bite you yeah i loved yeah. i was like i forgot that dorothy don't fuck with my dog yeah she doesn't know? throw the, she'll throw the fucks around yeah dorothy <laughs> will throw the fucks around and she does it consistently in this movie yeah she stands up to the lion when he comes for her she stands right. up to the wizard like she's not fucking around yeah and i i really i mean there's another strong i mean uh, that's another theme in this movie is that it's it's all matriarch right yeah you think mm-hmm. about auntie m running that fucking farm mm-hmm. and those like yeah little she's the dominant dopey, energy. yeah those yeah. dopey farm hands mm-hmm. you have miss gulch who is the richest woman like that side of kansas right okay right. and mm-hmm. she's just talking like she knows everything yeah she runs the town exactly yeah and then you have dorothy mm-hmm. you have glinda who like looks over munchkin land yeah okay? and she has a certain i mean they, a lot of it got edited out of the movie but there's this power that glinda has like when she kisses dorothy on her head in the original story no harm can come of anyone who's been kissed by the good witch oh. and so she has this kind of omnipotent power 
throughout. That would have been nice to know. Yeah. But it's also <laughs> kind of like, it's like, oh, okay, Dorothy had to figure this out. Like the whole story, she had yeah, to figure this she out. She had to figure own. it out. Yeah. yeah. She had to figure it out. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll definitely get to that yeah, beautifulness. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, and then you have the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. These are witches that are owning this, right? Yeah. And then you have the man, the wizard, mm-hmm. who's a fraud. Right. He actually He's actually in place for, if you know the story, it's actually run by Ozma. Mm-hmm. Who is who is uh, you know female, mm-hmm. um, who actually is the one that runs Oz. That's like from the book. Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you're kind of like, oh, so the men in this story all depend on the women mm-hmm. to make decisions, to bring them along, mm-hmm. to teach them how to have a heart, how to have courage, have brains. Yeah, right. Um, and it, it's all depending on that mm-hmm. energy. Well, and that Dorothy also inspires them, inspires the Scarecrow and the Lion and the Tin Man and Toto to pull their shit together to, to help save her. Right. They all are like, oh my God, we have to, you know, she's she's locked in the witch's castle. Well, she helped us. We're going to yeah. have to get over this. Right. And there's something about the, the cute little team of the four of them, Toto and the Scarecrow. Toto, for sure. It's, it, <laughs> like, it just pulls my heartstrings right out of my chest. Oh. There's the sweetest little pack of people. And I yeah. think that, like... They're, li- they're, they're queers, Colin. They're us. Yeah. They're, they're these misfit people that yeah. I think, whether you're gay, straight, or whatever you want to identify as, mm-hmm. you can get that energy that actually like it was hard for them to do that yeah. and they did it and they did it and you are lucky to go through the world with friends like these oh my god and i think dorothy says that like you're the best friends a girl could have yeah and scarecrow i'm gonna miss you the most oh now that is i've always found that fascinating that whole idea that i'm gonna miss you most of all right i always think about that because it's like i think some people are like oh what do you what about the other two but i always think that there's some bond between Dorothy and the Scarecrow that's very different. Maybe because she meets him first. He's her first, yeah. you know, ally. Yeah. Um, they and, had to trust each other first. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, There's something about him that's very sweet and very yeah. lovable. I think there was um, at, at one point... There's been uh, people kind of read. Well, a, he's not as Nelly as the other. No, two. he's not. Right. But people read a, to that point. They read a sort of like love interest between the two of them. Oh, weird. And so no. it, I know, which is like, oh, I don't need no. that. Don't don't make this about heterosexuality, please. Well, so I think it was. <laughs> There's no love story. No, it's about loving yourself. It's not necessary. <laughs> but I think there was because there are so many things that were cut from this from the the movie over time, and there was kind of a subplot of of Dorothy with I think it's. Zeke or whoever the kind of alter ego oh, is I see. Um, from, from the farmhand yeah. that there is some uh, potential relationship there but uh, it, I'm glad it's not there it's not necessary yeah because she's a child she's, she's a, a child because she's a child yeah. yeah because she's I mean yeah she's she's I think six. I think Judy's 16 Judy's 16 but she's supposed to be like 12 yeah, or yeah yeah so it's total and I think uh, in the story the idea was that like whoever the scarecrow Zeke whoever it was that he was like going off to school so going off to college so right. it's like okay no right. this is mm, no we don't need the <laughs> subplot um so it's um but yeah no to your point the scarecrow is definitely the least queer yeah um and and in some ways he feels like the best friend sure you know what i mean yeah um, yeah like the best judy like he's mm-hmm. the one that's in shotgun while she's driving exactly yeah. exactly like i think when I think about the Scarecrow and the Tin Man and the Cowardly Lion, I think that the Scarecrow has less barriers of, for connection, which is, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that, you know, the Tin Man doesn't have a heart and, and the Cowardly Lion has to um, put on this whole show because he's, you know, actually 
you know, scared of everything. Oh my gosh. Um, like so many gay people I know. Right? Yeah. Right. Like putting the, on that front, putting on that front. Yeah. yeah. And, and these, these tin men that oh, are in my life that don't have a heart that, yep. you know, really do have it. They claim like, Oh, they I'm claim, heartless. Yeah. I'm heartless. Oh, I'm just an ice queen. I'm yeah. just an ice queen. And yet yeah. they're, they cry about everything. I mean, right. that's the thing with the tin man. He gets yeah. emotional about everything. Yeah. yeah. He's a sweetie. He's a sweetie. Dottie. Sweetie Dottie. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Like they, they, especially the tin man and the scarecrow and the, and the lion are such archetypes for yeah. gay men. Oh, completely. And I mean, you can create that with the scarecrow in the sense that there are uh, many gay men that, you know, think that they only have one thing to offer, mm-hmm. right? Like their body. Yeah. To yeah, just be a place for their body mm-hmm. and that they don't really have any brains and that they, right. they won't use their brain. That they're only valued for their body, which exactly. is, of course, all the scarecrow is. That's he's a just good a body adi he's just, he's just serving body adi Yes, he's, yeah. just sh- he's scaring those crows away, Mary. <laughs> squawk, squawk. <laughs> Scaring Crow. That would be his drag name. (laughs) Scaring Crow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... Uh, but of course, the the other irony of these three characters is, of course, the scarecrow claims he doesn't have a brain, but he comes up with these great ideas. Oh yeah, like I I forgot his brilliant idea with the apples with the tree. It was like, oh, have them throw apples at me. I'm gonna piss them off. They'll throw apples at me, and then we'll have apples. Right. And it's I don't know. There's little things like that that are like ridiculously sweet. Like, yeah. oh, this metaphor right. of like, here, I'll let them throw apples at me so we can have apples. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, God, I'll take it, Dorothy. Right, right. I'll like, take the brunt of this, these, Dorothy. Yeah, like, these are people that you should have in your life. Yeah. I say it again. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about um, the song Somewhere Over the Rainbow. If mm. we're going to kind of maybe sort of go through the movie sort of linearly, sure. I don't think we need to, but because mm-hmm. uh, we're kind of jumping around. I think most people know The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. If you haven't seen The Wizard of Oz, go see it and then listen to this podcast. Yeah. Um, and by the way, The Wizard of Oz is like ridiculously watchable. Oh, yeah. Like I started, I put it on yesterday and I was like, oh man, do I have the energy for this? And I got sucked yeah. in. Yeah. So No, it's yeah. it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so Somewhere of the Rainbow, uh, I was watching this, uh, it, it's just a very short PBS special when they were celebrating like the 60th anniversary of the song. Mm-hmm. And they had this guy kind of explaining the brilliance of this melody and how it relates to the story and why the song Somewhere Over the Rainbow has kind of like lasted through so long mm-hmm. and through so much. And he starts with just the first two notes. The first two notes being just in the melody, mm-hmm. an octave jump. So, right, you have somewhere. And uh, low C, the first note, is kind of like you're in Kansas. Mm-hmm. And then the second note is kind of representing of Oz because it's in a different part of your voice. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very big jump to put into a melody. Most melodies are like stepwise or like little leaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one is a very, very big jump. Not many melodies have an octave jump in them. Mm-hmm. So this melody like pulled a Kennedy Davenport and it like flipped onto a box. That- <laughs> <laughs> work somewhere over the rainbow. You better work. <laughs> work, Judy. You better fucking work. <laughs> exactly. So you have that, right? You have mm-hmm. this kind of starting with this like. Sorry about that. Uh, you have this uh, this kind of like you're starting in this kind of drab place and then you're jumping up into Oz. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the melody slowly circles down the scale, up and down, back home. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of just like meandering. You're, you're up in the clouds. You're in this idea, in this great place. 
and you're slowly coming back down to where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the harmonics, meaning like the chords, like the the sounds underneath the melody, um, they go to places that are that you don't think that you're gonna go to. Mm-hmm. It's not. It doesn't stay in the scale. It actually brings you out and it surprises you mm-hmm. with different types of chords and mm. mysterious chords and sad chords and like kind of heartbreaking chords mm. and there's a lot of tension and it finally all resolves when you land back mm-hmm. um, on the, the starting note back to to Kansas. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and the other thing that's important about it uh, is that at the end of the song um, the the whole main melody is like somewhere over the rainbow, and it ends back in uh, ba 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 ba. ba. Mm-hmm. But the last one, why oh why can't I? Mm-hmm. And she ends in Oz. She ends mm-hmm. w- where it, the second note goes to. Mm, that's interesting. So there's this whole kind of metaphor for Somewhere Over the Rainbow as a melody even. Yeah. For the power of the story. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It's really uh, a, a brilliant reading of the mm-hmm. melody and why it's important. Yeah. Well, it totally justifies. I think this has been, I think AFI or whatever listed this as like the top movie song of all oh, time. Sure. I... This song, so when I was when I was very very young, when I was like a baby, uh, a baby, uh, there <laughs> my my parents had this little wind up music box that would play this like tinkly little version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow, nice. and like clockwork, as soon as they put it on, I would start to cry. Oh wow! And I always, always, always like it to the point where it was like you know because we're a bunch of Irish Catholic sadists. My it, family parties they would like put it on my high chair and like and i would just start to crumble and wow yeah and i don't know why you know there was no like intellectual understanding of the song i wasn't this little queer going oh someday i'll someday i'll move to new york city (laughs) right right um you know what i mean uh it wasn't anything like that i don't know i i think it was it was there was there's something in the song that still gets me um, and it feels so on the nose gay, you know what I mean? That that song like Gets you. tears my heart out. It tears a lot of us out, right? Yeah. I mean, but it it it's not just gay people too. I mm-hmm. mean, the melody is built to pull at your heartstrings. Yeah. I mean, music does that. Like, mm-hmm. it's not. It it is actually a phenomenon. It's not arbitrary. Of no, course, it's of like course. a physical thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you know that whole theory is really interesting to think about when you listen to Judy singing it. Towards the end of her career, like uh, there's the the oh, Carnegie Hall album, oh, the live Carnegie Hall album. Sure, like that last note is it, it's like I can't describe it. It is so it is it is it is so much in one note. It is so mm. much in one moment. It is like her like it, to me when I hear her singing it like in the '60s at Carnegie Hall, it's like this last dying grasp for Oz. Oh, you know what I wow. mean? It's oh, that's so, heartbreaking. And, and there's there's some recordings, I think it might be that one, I think there's another one where you do hear her, she gets it, but then when it ends, her voice kind of breaks. Oh. I know. But it's, that's what makes it even better. You know yeah. what I mean? It's oh, like, yeah. Oh, that's part of the performance. That for sure. last note should, should break oh, you. Oh, wow. And of course, the best part about that recording is the minute and a half standing ovation they leave <laughs> in the recording. And yes. I'm on the train just, you know, yeah. tears into my coat, you know, because yeah. it's just like, yes, every, just keep clapping for her right. for the rest of her life, which, you know, wasn't long after that. So it's, you know, it, it, 
this the song is interesting from the from the uh, story that you're telling about it, and it's also interesting as a Judy Garland song. Yeah. You know. Like, oh yeah. With her attached to it. Oh yeah. I and just the idea of going somewhere over the rainbow and and starting your life, like so many of us do, kind of in the closet, in the dark, mm-hmm. in black and white, in something where we don't really see the beauty. Yeah. Um, and then longing for or eventually getting to a place where you're like oh my god and everything turns to color yeah and you're like the world is beautiful i'm happy i don't feel trapped Mm -hmm. this is scary yeah there's there's bad things here too and this is wow and you're kind of amazed and there's this sense of amazement and i think not only does the song kind of exploit that like Longing for that, but right. we do the, the movie as we'll see like brings us there. Yeah, and for this movie uh, Historically to start black and white and then go to color. It was it was like a big thing It was like yeah. I, I mean I it, it reminds me of that scene in Willy Wonka in the Chaka factory mm-hmm. Where they open up the doors to the factory and it's yeah like, ding 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 I, I have um, to imagine that was some influence on Willy Wonka. Oh, you know oh I mean? there's no so question iconic, you know? Yes and fun fact, the way that they did this in The Wizard of Oz, the way they did this trick is they just painted the inside of the cabin set in browns and sepias <laughs> and had all of it, like, literally did that. And and that, and instead of, like, changing the film, they just literally created what... They pulled a detox. Yeah, they pulled a detox. And they created a black and white <laughs> illusion, um, which I just... I love as well. Like, I just think, like, that's such ingenious filmmaking. Right. You know? Right. Um, that being said, the stories I've heard, it was a miserable shoot. Oh yeah, that's all I've heard. Too. Yeah, there was. Yeah. I mean, there's so many. Like, I think the Munchkins were like paid next to nothing. Right, right. There was a lot of terrible things that happened yeah, through uh, the production of this. Movie. Margaret Hamilton, who played the uh, Wicked Witch of the West, had the worst time. Oh, really? she got burned at one point when she first. Well, ed- she probably deserved she it. Probably the witch. a witch. <laughs> Should have thrown the water on her sooner. Um, <laughs> But she, you know, when she first exits, she has this, you know, big uh, explosive exit into smoke right. in Munchkin Land. Yeah. Well, there was, she, what was supposed to happen was that the smoke came up and a trap door, you know, she would go through a trap door and the fire would come up. Well, I think something happened. Her dress got caught. Anyway, the fire came up and she, she got like second and third degree burns. Oh my God. And Is that why they put green makeup on her? No, she was already wearing it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And then to add insult to injury, then to try to like, she was all super burned and they had to clean the makeup off and they used this like alcohol based <gasps> acetone based cleaner or whatever. And it was like the worst experience. Ugh. And the most tra- I mean, all of it. Oh, no well, wonder she was so mad. Yeah, well, the, the, what's so tragic about poor Margaret Hamilton is that she was like the sweetest lady oh, in sure. the world. I'm sure. And I... Witches are sometimes just misunderstood. Well, you know? sure, sure. There's that, there's that, there's that wicked, play about yeah, that, wicked, right? There's that, yeah, that, that, little, that little play, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Gregory Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, that... It, so she, yeah, she got burned terribly. She was, she was out of commission for a month. Um, they, I think they cut a lot of her scenes because it was seemed too scary. Um, and my favorite little anecdote, I know we're jumping around, but my favorite anecdote about the Wicked Witch of the West is that I think in the 60s, she went on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood in costume to kind of show that witches weren't, that she weren't so scary, that they Aww. could be nice. And 
I can't even watch that episode. Oh, because it's scary? No, because I'll just fall apart. Like, oh. Mr. Rogers and the Wizard of Oz in the same... Yeah, okay. I you see know? what you're saying. I like, see what you're saying. I, I you know, there, what, there is one part of this where I'm like, oh, the witch is okay. When mm-hmm. she... Uh, it's when she, she kidnaps Dorothy mm-hmm. and Toto. And she actually... She's holding Toto. And she's like, oh, now you're a nice dog. You're a nice dog. And oh. she's petting Toto. Oh, I didn't... And I'm I, like, yeah, he is a nice dog. Oh, I didn't notice that because all I remember is her saying that, that she should, they should throw him in the river. <laughs> no. And I was like, no. <laughs> like, Dorothy was my proxy anytime Toto was threatened to be taken away from her. Oh, my God. I know. I would like... I know. We say, get her back the dog. Yeah. No, it's it's so interesting how, how in so many movies, I'm... More concerned about the animal. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, w- I won't watch things where an animal might not right. do my, well. You're like my dad. Yeah, my no. Da- I, I did ever tell you that story about Finding Nemo. My dad, <laughs> I'm sitting in, in Finding Nemo <laughs> with my dad. This is like when it first came out in the theaters, okay? We're like surrounded by kids. Mm-hmm. And we're watching Finding Nemo. And there's that part where like Nemo's trapped in the, 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 the net with all those other oh, fish. Oh, right, right, right. And then he leans over to me and he's like, John. <laughs> John, does the fish die? <laughs> Just tell me. Just tell me. Just tell me. Does the fish die? And I'm like, because I had seen it already. Right. I'm like, no, no, no. no. Yeah. He's like, okay. All right. And I can he, enjoy this. Yeah. <laughs> and then he stayed. Yeah. Because if the fish died, he would have left. No, I get it. Yeah. No, I get it. I, I will. It's like watching Homeward Bound. It's like if any of those animals died, yes. if Shadow died at the end of Homeward Bound, <sighs> It would have. I mean, like, no, 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 I'm nope. Not, I, nope. I, no chance. No chance. <laughs> I, I cannot do movies where the animal. I, I, I do a horror movie every time the you know there's a there's yeah the, they kill the cat or the dog yeah, yeah they put it in the microwave or whatever right yeah. I don't have time for no, that like no. a, apparently like I'm never gonna see The Shape of Water I know it won the Best Picture uh huh but there is a spoiler cat, alert uh, there's a cat that doesn't do well what I know I know I know and I'm just like. <sighs> Anyway, Toto survives. Toto survives. <laughs> Toto survives and thrives. Yes. Toto doesn't screw around either. No. He, he No, I mean, oh, he's a tough dog. He's the one who reveals the man behind the curtain. Oh yeah. Toto's not he here knows. for this shit. Yeah, dogs know. Oh, and Toto, you know, and knew that Mrs. Miss Gulch was, you oh, know, he bitter. Yeah. Doesn't have time for her. Right. Well, uh-uh. Oh, and when when she when Dorothy is singing somewhere over the rainbow and Toto is kind of putting his paw out to her, oh, I can't even talk about oh, it. Oh, it's, <laughs> I can't it's talk just about so it. beautiful! What a great actor! I know he's such a good little dog. <laughs> and when he follows them along when they're when they're off to see the wizard, I think yeah. it took them like twelve takes before oh, the dog finally followed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I love um, about seeing live productions of The Wizard of Oz is that they often won't have a real dog. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, know? that and makes I, me nervous. Uh, oh, oh, for sure. Yeah. But it's also kind of exciting because i'm like right. well is the dog gonna remember its lines right you know right yeah, right right <laughs> um wasn't there there, there was a dog i saw was it the curious incident of i guess that would make sense of the uh the dog in the night dog in the nighttime was there a um, dog in that uh, did we go see that together yeah i, I mean i remember um, seeing it i think uh, we did there was a dog in it and the dog dies um, oh yeah the dog oh. dies but i don't think it's real oh there's a dog in annie Oh yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I've never Sandy. seen it, but yeah, Sandy, Sandy. Uh, Sandy. But that makes yeah. me just nervous. Dumb dog, why are you following me? Yeah, you know that song. Of course I don't. Um. Anyway, uh, the other, th- the, uh, I want to talk about another reason why I think this movie speaks to kids. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same way that Harry Potter speaks to kids, mm-hmm. right? This idea of just like magical escapism. Yeah. From 
being an orphan, from feeling trapped, from mm-hmm. not really knowing where your world is going, from abusive adults. Right. Um, and, you know, she tries to run away. Yeah. And yeah. She, luckily she meets that other dandy on the road. Yeah. Well, and, and I forgot about him, too. It was like Professor Marvel. Yeah. I forgot. I mean. Professor Marvel. And, and sort of stepping back. The other like, fraud. Yeah. Well, you know, he's yeah, he's a model. For, I mean, of course, everything, you know, and I forgot this, too, that there were so many hints in Kansas to what her experience oh for sure it's so informed yeah um like even down to when he's looking in the crystal ball to see auntie m and then she's of course having that experience later in the witch's castle right um and of course when she finds this this guy in his little you know this hobo this wagon on the side of the road i'm like dorothy keep moving (laughs) none of this is good you need to keep moving yeah um but what i like about him and what I like about really everyone in the movie, except really the Wicked Witch of the West, is speaking to your point about um, how this appeals to kids, is there's so many caretakers in this movie. There's so many people to help Dorothy. So you see it as people that are helping Dorothy. For me, and the other reason why I think it is a is like a, a kid empowerment movie, mm-hmm. is that Dorothy comes to Oz and solves all of their problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She kills the Wicked Witch of the East. She kills the Wicked Witch of the West. Mm-hmm. She finds a way to to get a heart, courage, and brains, you know, and, mm-hmm. and empower these queer people. Yeah. And everybody loves her, yeah. except for the Wicked Witch of the West. Mm-hmm. And maybe those flying monkeys will come around, you know? I think I think once the witch was dead, they were like, well, I think all of the, what is it, the wikis or whatever, or the, the witch's little, you know, henchmen, as yeah. soon as she was dead, they were like, well, hail Dorothy. Yeah, come on, Dorothy. Yeah, yeah. you're our girl. And and I just feel like she comes to, uh, to Oz, and she's the leader. She's mm-hmm. the one that is the new great, the new gal in town, mm-hmm. and the one that's going to fix things. And she takes care of of the men she these little lost souls you mm-hmm. know what i mean and yeah. uh, for me as a kid i think that's empowering because that's not how she felt in kansas sure yeah yeah i mean they were going to take her little dog away exactly um yeah i know what you're saying like she certainly changes oz um i think it's just that there's these benevolent people all around her who are supporting her okay and, and oh well, yeah, well there's that too yeah yeah and and to me that then embrace her yeah and i felt like that resonated for me more this time watching it than i think i'd ever noticed in the past okay and i think it's something i gravitated gravitated to when i was a kid because it was like there was just this sense of like there's all these people watching out for you at the same time while you're on oh, this that's, journey. That's so beautiful, Colin. I it's so interesting because I I never went there, and mm-hmm. I love that reading. Mm-hmm. The, the the I mean, I go the other way, and I think I'm going to read this Salman Rushdie quote because he wrote this beautiful essay on the film. Mm-hmm. Um, he says the weakness of grown-ups forces children to take control of their own destinies, mm-hmm. and I feel like so many, especially queer kids. Or misfits uh, It's because of And we've talked about this before Older generations Just not being woke And just not understanding Who these new people are mm-hmm. And how to deal with them And how to To, to love them even yeah. And how to embrace How different they are And the, the, the powers that they have These different kind of mutant powers That they might possess Right And instead to be afraid of them They should embrace them And oftentimes it is The younger generation Hand holding these adults And mm-hmm. being like Look This is what drag is Look Drag has changed. Right. You know, right. you see yeah. where I'm going? Wink, wink, Sure, nudge, wink, nudge. wink, nod, nod. Yeah, um, yeah. Current and, events. And, yeah. and I think that's, uh, you know, in it's a, it, the movie to me is kind of a metaphor for how children 
because mm-hmm. Dorothy was right all along in Kansas. Yeah, yeah. Um, it takes children to kind of knock some sense mm-hmm. into uh, into adults. Yeah, yeah. And it's it, it's children. It's fresh perspective. It's. I mean, I think that's what it feels like when Dorothy. Wonder, yeah. yeah. When she gets to Munchkinland, it's like beyond the fact that she the house dropped on the witch, she's. She is this fresh perspective in that they're all like, oh, are you the witch? And she's like, I'm not a witch. I'm just Dorothy. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I'm then that's witch, the witch. I'm your, wife. I'm, not, I'm your wife. And they're like, oh, well, is that the witch? She's like, no, that's my dog. That's Toto. <laughs> and it's like, no, I'm not a witch. Like, it's. It, no, that's my dog. It's what are you my talking dog. About? Yeah, no. Leave him alone. Yeah. And it's, it's, there's this, there's just this interesting sense of like, oh, we've never seen things the way like the way you're seeing things before, yeah. you know, like this, you know? Oh, right. Right. You know, right. Like, oh, you're, you're this new influence. You're this new idea. Yeah. And then even Glinda mm-hmm. being. Oh, for the, the archetype of the witch being mm-hmm. like this ugly, mean woman. Yeah. That's, you know, wants to vote. Right. 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 Um, you have Glinda, who's actually beautiful. And she's like, mm-hmm. you know, no, no, all witches are ugly. Yeah. I like to think of Glinda as kind of like her drag mom. You oh, know, she, fairy godmother. Fairy godmother. But there, there's but it's she all, puts her into those red shoes. She, I will say, if mm-hmm. you're going to talk about this as a gay movie, all you have to say is it's basically a movie. About two women fighting over a pair of fabulous shoes. That's pretty much all it comes down <laughs> to. Yeah. We just reduce this to like. The devil wears ruby red yeah, shoes. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The devil wears stride right. You know? <laughs> the devil wears Tom McCann's. Um, Louboutin. Yeah. Hush puppies. <laughs> Quiet, Toto. Um, so. <laughs> Well, you know, and I and I, I definitely like that sense of, of Glinda being the drag mother. She puts her in the shoes. She puts her in the thing that, that is secretly empowering her through this entire journey. Oh, she's yeah. always got these shoes yep. on. Um, and she's she gives her the information she needs to go out on the journey and she's always Nothing watching else. out for her. Oh, she is, yeah. Because when they're she in She the, saves them in the poppies. Yeah. She, yeah. Because they're like, We need help, we need help. She's like, Okay. All right. You know what? We we should talk about the poppy field mm-hmm. because that metaphor is one that I think relates to me and people's lives and mm-hmm. especially the gay experience. But for me, it's about all of the distractions that kind of put us to sleep. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the saboteur yeah. that will paralyze us mm-hmm. in in the midst of our journey where we're like, I can't even move right yeah. now. I no, I'm you know, I, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Or no, grinder's really easy right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go out. I'm just gonna yeah. do this for two hours. Yeah. You know? Well yeah. And like and the fact that you can see Oz in the distance. Right. It's right, it's there. right there. It's Dorothy. like the thing between like where they were and where Oz is is the poppy field. Yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. sometimes you not only need your friends mm-hmm. to make sure you don't stay there and die. Yeah. But you do need kind of that that wake up call of the snow to kind of just like Get all of that stuff out. You just yeah. need a wake up call every yeah. now and then. Yeah. yeah. Literally. <laughs> Fun story. The snow they used in the movie was asbestos. If that doesn't get you out of the. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm getting out of here as best as I can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waking up as best as I can. Oh my God. Oh, that's great. Oh. Uh, yeah. I, the, the poppy field to me, I, I, I see the poppies all the time. Oh, yeah. And I experience the poppies all mm-hmm. the time. And it. And it is hard to get out of that field. Oh, I, I feel like it's hard. every day I wake up with a couple of poppies in the bed and I'm like, okay, am I going to like stay well, what, here? What, 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 was he good? I mean, <laughs> a po- I poppy, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <just? laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, but yeah, if you wake yeah. up with the poppies in the bed, you know. It's, you, 
Listen, I lived in Washington Heights. It oh, happens. Yeah, you know? no, but if you if you if you wake up with the poppies in the bed, like, uh, and uh, you know, not to take that metaphor sure, any sure, more sure. any further than we've ridiculous taken. Ridiculously, yeah, yeah. um, but yeah, you 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 literally have to pull yourself out of it. Yeah, or find some sort of constant mm-hmm. that is going to pull yourself out of it, whether yeah. that's. You know, a gym appointment or, oh, yep. my friend's coming over because, uh, you know, I said we'd go for a run or, right. oh, I, I, I have to do this mm-hmm. or some sort of other routine, whether right. it's meditation or whatever. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's interesting that in this situation, it's her friends. It's, it's kind of like the sponsor in AA. It's like yeah. it's the person who's like, OK, I'll I'll pick you up when you, you know, I'll I'll be the thing to pull yourself up on. We'll right. pick you up, but I'll be the thing to pull yourself up on right. when you can't do it. Yeah, I mean, how many of us have have seen our friends just get like sucked into an addiction? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're just helplessly like Help, help, help. And right. he's like, why are you screaming for help? Nobody's going to hear you. Yeah, yeah. We have to do this ourselves. Mm-hmm. We have to figure this out. Yeah. Well, when it's, what's so interesting about the poppy scene and when we relate it to something like AA is that the first step of AA is admitting you're, you have a problem and and then it's like handing over your power you know, to a higher power. And that's exactly what they do in the situation. Right. They hand over, like the, the Tin Man and the Scarecrow hand over their power and they're like, we need help, we need help, we need help. Yeah. And that's when Glinda comes in and drops the snow. Right. And that's, that's such an interesting idea that like, that is a part of it, that it is a, it is us pulling ourselves up and it is us figuring out how to get out of the poppy field. Yeah. But that there is also that other element and whether it's God or the universe or energy or Allah or whatever you call it, that oftentimes you do need some kind of external thing that you can't quite name. That's like, I can't do this on my own. Right. I just I can't. And I find that to be really important. There's that uh, that part in um, 28 Days, which is about AA Mm -hmm. uh, with Sandra Bullock. Michael Malley, mm-hmm. um, where she has that sign that she has to wear around herself. Confront me if I don't ask for help. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think about that constantly when I'm like being stubborn mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I, I can't do this alone. Yeah. 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 You, you can't. It's it's so it's not only is it like futile, it's you're missing such an important lesson about life. Right. That you're not ever supposed to do it alone. No. You know? I mean, no. community is like this, it, it's this primal need. Yeah. And oh, I, it is absolutely primal. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's why so many people now, I mean, you talk about people who are just playing on Grindr for two hours, but Grindr or whatever, playing on your phone. Playing on your phone. Yeah. You just, know? Any any sort of like mm-hmm. sedentary kind of addiction. Yeah. I've, I've caught myself in that so many times this winter, you know, of like, oh my God, I am just... I'm disconnecting and, right. and being a hermit because it's just like it's just easier than going out into the world because it's cold. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah. Um, and and I feel get the fact that I'm on the internet or I'm you know whatever connecting in some way completely disconnected. Yeah, and you know so many. I, I may, maybe this is a trend in other communities too, but I, I I know that it's one in the gay community. We grow up having to take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that, like, for me, like, I cooked for myself. I picked up my own clothes. Like, I did a lot of things while my parents were taking care of my sisters sure. and, like, dealing with their issues. Mm-hmm. And so, and also, they didn't really know how to deal with me, which yeah. is an uh, inappropriate way to look at it. But, like, they just... I was an alien to mm-hmm. them. Um, they... Uh, so, I so I think so many gay, gay people are so independent that... When they get older 
and they do get an addiction or they do get stuck. Mm-hmm. They do not want to accept help. They they cannot necessarily see that they need to be pulled out of it, right? Because they're so used to just doing it themselves. Yeah, they they grew up with it. It's been ingrained. I don't need anybody. Yeah, and 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 the idea of needing somebody else. There's this this threat. It's like oh I. I can't rely on other people, you know? Right. I mean, I had, you know, I think my, my mom did as best as she could, but my parents were divorced when I was nine. My dad was not necessarily present in the nine years before that and certainly not very much so afterwards. And so in the period of time, especially when I was like exploring and discovering my sexuality, the only parenting I really had, other my mom was working full time and, you know, was exhausted. My dad was, you know, useless. My stepdad had just gotten onto the scene and was just my mom's boyfriend. Right. So I was very much parenting myself in a lot of ways in that I was educating myself about being gay. I was, I was learning how to take care of myself, learning how to make dinner, learning how to, you know, I started cleaning the house. I started developing these codependent habits of like, oh, I'll clean the house and I'll create order so that everything will right. be okay. It's something you can control. It's something I can control. Right. And I'm not even going to recognize that at like, you know, 11 years old, it's not your responsibility right. to like keep everything and, and cleaning the house isn't going to like keep everything under control. Yeah. Um, and you better fucking believe 20 years later, I'm still playing out those bad habits. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I totally get it. You hadn't met your scarecrow, your tin man and your lion yet. No, I mean, and that's another element of this movie that really struck me. I mean, in terms of finding community and whatnot, is I feel like I have, I have found and lost my lions and my scarecrows and my tin men, Sure. you know, and there's some people that have stuck, but it's like, mm, yeah, it's not quite, you know, it's like, oh, there might be, that. yeah, there's a lion out there. And I guess there's probably a couple of scarecrows. I don't know. Or a couple of tin men. I don't know if there's a scarecrow right Not now. Not yet. You know? Yeah, I hear you. Um, and so I just, I, I feel the value of that. Right. You know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I Just uh, uh, to lighten things up a little sure. bit with a quote, um, I, I think we should talk about the lion. Mm, um, the dandy the lion. The dandy lion. So uh, he's, the, the line is, yeah, it's sad. Believe me, Missy, when you're born to be a sissy mm-hmm. and I'm afraid there's no denying I'm just a dandelion and I'm like girl you just came out of the closet you and just came out to Dorothy and when he says dandelion he does a bit of a yes. fey paw yeah he, he like he brushes his blonde curls mm-hmm. oh I yeah. love it I love all of the the queerness of him oh my god I love all of the the, the feminine the butch femme the butch femme I love it I, yeah. I, I love oceanography I love, I love it, it. Love um, it. I really do I, I just think that's it's so fun to watch. You, I know so many gay men. Mm-hmm. And we, we said this before. And I, there's gay women like this, mm-hmm. too, that put on this very tough exterior mm-hmm. because that's all that's what's been protecting them. Right, right. Well, they are just as scared and hurt mm-hmm. as Dorothy. Yeah, like... A big, like, muscly body is drag mama. Right. It's drag. Right. A muscle bear is in permanent drag. Sure. Because all, all of that is such a specific aesthetic, you right, know what I mean? Right. And it's like it's it's a it's a skin. Yeah, and it's not judging people that put it on, but it's done for a reason. Right. And so when I look at the cowardly lion, I'm just like, oh my god, you are you're so rock bar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, you're so yeah. gym bar. I right. know a you, sweetie. You little sweetie. Yeah, little sweetie, yeah, daddy. Little, yeah, it really <laughs> is. Um, yeah, I, I feel like um, I feel like the the cowardly lion would go to like a like the international leather man. Uh, sure. Uh, thing I am. Yeah, IML. They go to yeah. IML every week and every year in Chicago. He right. would be there yeah. with a harness. But yeah, he'd be in the sling. 
Oh, you bet he'd be in the sling. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Swinging that tail around. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, his tail. That's mm-hmm. right. I, I love watching when he's walking and seeing that tail. Like It moves like a cat's tail. Yep. It just kind of waves yep. along. I don't know yeah. how they did it. Yeah, I don't know how they... Because uh, it's interesting to watch the tail when he's dancing, too. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, it certainly... I, it, it's almost like he... It's attached to his costume or something yeah, somewhere. Yeah, there's some wire some that keeps wire. it going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a very important gay quote for me mm-hmm. is when Glinda says, come out, come out wherever you are. Oh. And all the munchkins come out. Yeah, because the munchkin land is just one big gay bird. Oh, my gosh. They're having a great time. Yeah. They're that, loving it. It's like Fort Lauderdale down yes. there. You know what it's, I mean? Yeah. It's like <laughs> Provincetown <laughs> totally. meets Fire Island. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She basically arrives at Cherry Grove. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> totally. like, welcome the sieges. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know where the uh, I don't know where the dick dock is in, in Oz, but... <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, they we do pass do through the meat rack sometime. <laughs> I think those trees, those trees, yeah, <laughs> throwing their apples. Oh god, oh yeah, I know that queen as well. <laughs> <laughs> that bitchy queen. Yeah, um, yeah, I love that line. Come out, come out mm-hmm. wherever you are. I mean, yeah. it's another kind of wink, wink at, mm-hmm. at some gay people. Yeah, of like. It's okay. We're right. in color now. Right. We're right. in color now, Dorothy. Yeah. And it's the, all right. And the munchkins, I mean, talk about misfits, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, it, and I love that there's all these different, much like the gay community, and there's bears, and there's twinks, and there's this, and there's that. There's the lollipop guild, and then there's the lullaby yeah. guild. There's all these different <laughs> right. like little subgroups. Having a great time. Yeah. It's really, <laughs> and you know, it's a funny, uh, I was reading about this, that a lot of the munchkins were... Uh, they were from Germany. There was uh, it, like a lot of them, like most of them didn't speak English. And a lot of them took this and took this opportunity to escape Europe during World War II. Oh, wow. Which I was like, whoa. Holy fuck. Now that's a story I want to know more about is the Holy munchkins fuck. who were like, oh, we got to get out of well, here. Well, you know, talk about escapism, right? Because this is like, this is like bringing us right out of the depression. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe this movie wasn't so popular when it came out because it was like, what? Yeah, I can't like, even handle this right now. The, yeah. the, the world is at war. Right, right. I don't and know if I can here's really... this girl escaping to this like gay little fairyland. Yeah, yeah. must be nice. Yeah, must be nice. <laughs> yeah. Batch. Yeah, batch. yeah. <laughs> Lucky bat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I um, yeah, it, it's interesting to think of like the context of of when this came out and what was going on in the country at the same time. Well, yeah, yeah. and there's that there's that line that I think a lot of people love this line, whether mm-hmm. you're gay, gay or straight. But she, uh, Dorothy, asks the scarecrow. She's like, you know, if you don't have a brain, how can you talk? Oh, and yeah. He says. Uh, he knows a lot of people who have no brains who do an awful lot of talking. I know. I was like. Wow. Sting. Yeah. Was like, she said she that. She said that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we we knew how you voted, Mr. Scarecrow. Yeah, I'm right. I'm not mad at it. Right? Um, oh God. I know. It's things like that. Isn't it amazing? Mm-hmm. Some of the, I mean, you... It's on second viewings and third viewings yeah. that you really hear some of these wisdoms uh-huh. that are in... And I believe... And I would like to believe this, mm-hmm. that they are inserted... On purpose, that they yeah. are actually put there mm-hmm. on purpose, right? I mean, yeah. granted, Frank Baum, L. Frank Baum, yeah, he wrote this, you know, nineteen fourteen or whatever, nineteen oh eight or yeah, something, something like, like that, that. Yeah. early nineteen hundreds, yeah. Um, and maybe some of these ideas are his as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, this uh, that idea that people talk. Mm-hmm. And don't have any brains. Yeah, is, it, it's not new. Well, I had read somewhere that there was this idea that that this was a, stat, a satire, and I think if I'm getting it right, Dorothy was like coming from the Midwest, all American, and then she met 
the, you know, this, this, this guy with no brains who represented farmers and then this guy with no heart who represented industry and then this guy with no, wow. with no courage. And I don't remember what he, what the line necessarily represented, but then of course the wizard was just obviously this big fake. Um, maybe military. Yeah. And the whole idea of following the yellow brick road was, was trusting gold. Oh wow! And, like and capitalism, right? It was a whole capitalism thing, and then the whole—I think originally in the book, her slippers were were silver, and the idea was that you should be trusting silver and not gold in terms of like really, yeah. And I know I'm I'm garbling a little because I'm not an an, an economist. Uh, I didn't go to school for math, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that there was this idea that this was this entire political commentary and this okay. economical commentary. But who knows? I've only I only read that in one place. Okay. Um, I think The Wizard of Oz is one of those movies that you can read a number of different ways sure oh oh th so that's, and that's what's so beautiful about yeah. it i mm -hmm. mean there is this idea of like the bourgeoisie and the pro proletariat that actually uh gregory Maguire brings out in wicked mm -hmm. very much so that there is a socio-economical world to oz actually mm -hmm. that is it's it's a problem yeah it's a problem <clears throat> and uh when you think about dorothy and where she comes from and all of these kind of blue collar men that you meet along the way and mm -hmm. then they need to get to Oz mm -hmm. and they realize that oh you're a fucking fraud yeah and we're gonna take matters into our own hands yeah yeah well, what's because it? he basically exploits Dorothy I mean he's just like look go on this suicide mission yeah and get this broom for me bitch mm -hmm. and she's and then he's like and then I'll give you what you want right right it's exploitative right it is it, it's interesting it, it, when I watched it this time I was like I oh, just said that super weird exploitative exploitative I don't know i I don't know. Ex exploitate? Who cares? Um, it exploits her. Um, <laughs> it exploits her. She's That's a toil. exploitation. She's a child. She's a child. <laughs> She's a child. That's like a new version of it. She's a child. Um, That's when you're like really upset about it. She's a child. <laughs> you're like reprimanding someone. <clears throat> She's a child. Um, it. It. it I, I think you're. I agree because. Even when they finally come back and they bring the broom, his plan to bring Dorothy home is also a suicide mission. It's a kamikaze mission. He has mission. no idea what he's doing. Yeah. He couldn't even get back. Right, right. But then it's so it, it's interesting that he's able to kind of like help the other three in identifying like, oh, well. Well, actually, no, I take that back because I feel like he gave them things they didn't need. They are the, he, like the scarecrow didn't need a diploma. And the Tin Man didn't. They need, didn't need it. Didn't they need had that, it all along. He didn't need that token, and the Lion didn't need. No, they were all artifice to represent. They could all what they create. Had. They could all create their mm -hmm. own success, mm -hmm. uh, which is a myth or not. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Right. But, you know, they in this story, it seems like it was in them all along. Yeah, right? that's the whole. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think their actions speak to that. I yes. think that, you know, when the Tin Man cries and when the Scarecrow comes up with good ideas and when the lion finally pulls it together, it's like, no, that they, they, they've got this. They're just not perfect. You know, the lion runs from danger. It's like, okay, but maybe that's wisdom. Maybe that's not right. cowardice. Maybe that's wisdom. Maybe sometimes you need to, do need to get out of dangerous situations. Yeah. Um, and that I think the Tin Man, the Tin Man I think about the most as a gay man because it's like, I feel like I've had that conversation with so many gay men. It's like, no, you're not heartless. No, I know you're not. I've been watching you not be heartless right. and fight it. Right. Exactly. Um, so exactly. like I see your heart breaking. Yeah. And that's it's that, that's so interesting. I think so many men, they know they have a heart once it breaks. Right. 
and and that becomes an awakening for right. so many and people. And so they they also don't want to get close to somebody because they don't want their heart to break. Yep. Again. And that vulnerability. Of so like, they say, "Oh, I don't have a heart," and that's right. their way to protect themselves. Absolutely. Whether yeah. that be because of their parents, parents or a yeah. relationship or who knows what, right. the world around them. Yeah. Um. It, it to me, it's yeah. I mean, I just think the Tin Man and the scare and the Lion are such. Queer they're characters. The, they're the gay guys in the back seat. They really yeah. are. They're they're such sidekicks. And so then you get to this scarecrow. Oh, oh no oh, brains. Just no brains. And and there's it's funny because it's like there's nothing to him. He's just he's just a straw man. You know, oh, there's he's a nothing, straw man. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's just the body mm-hmm. there for a second, right? Yeah. But, but he does have brains. He really does. Mm-hmm. He just needs to know that he has them. He well, that's the most solid them. part of himself is his head. Right. Is his brains. Yeah. That's what keeps. That's what stays together when everything else falls yeah. apart. Yeah. Oh, there you go, Mary. Mm-hmm. Come on. There it is. Come on, nuance. Yeah. And I love that scene when the monkeys tear him apart. And then he's like, oh, my legs are, they took my legs off. They're over here. And right. then I think this Tin Man says, um, well, that's just you everywhere. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. Like that. It's, it's you everywhere. It's, he's like, just sew me back together. It's such a, it's such a queenie line. Yeah. Well, isn't that just you, everywhere? Just you everywhere? It's such a boys in the band line. <laughs> Um, speaking of lines, because I don't want to miss it, um, and this is a season one Drag Race throwback. Okay. Remember the makeover challenge and Lucy Lawless has that awful runway moment where she says to Nina Flowers, uh, oh, go away, you. You have no power here. <gasps> yes. That's Glinda. That's Glinda, yes. I realized that. I was like, oh, she's go quoting. Away, you. You have no power yeah, here. Yeah, I was like, oh, she's just quoting Glinda. Yeah. It was a real... It was um, a real thing. Mary. It was a real thing. And I was like, okay, Lucy. Yeah. I forgive you. You're on brand. You're on brand. Fabulous. Fabulous. <laughs> tap, tap, fabulous. Sashay, Zena, you can stay. Oh. Yeah. Good for yeah, her. Good for her. Um, a quote I love um, that also winks, winks at the gay community, but Dorothy says, oh my, people come and go so quickly here. Mm, yeah. And I'm kind of like, you know what? That's not just anybody's journey, right? Because obviously on our journeys, people come and go so quickly, as mm-hmm. you kind of mentioned yeah. before. Yeah. But like, I think of gay relationships, how so many of them, so many of us live temporary lives, mm-hmm. tem- have temporary relationships. Uh, and yes, people come and go so quickly here, yeah. don't they? You know? yeah. And yeah. it's kind of a sad and beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And a, a very quick line. Yeah. That probably, you know you don't think about when it when it happens but yeah. if you're looking at it in a certain way it's like oh man yeah oh i know exactly <sighs> what that is i feel like i have been experiencing that line and it's and it's so interesting to experience that line yeah like yes people really do and it makes you have to tap into your own dorothy yeah you know which is not hard because i i basically am her well connect with everybody mm-hmm. i mean at the end of the day like there is something that you can teach and learn from mm-hmm. everybody you meet yeah and it's a hard place to get to mm-hmm. to have the wonder and nerve that i think dorothy has mm-hmm. where she is she is willing to connect with all of the people mm-hmm that she meets along the way. Yeah, yeah. As long as, you know, there's kindness there or she can get through to kindness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she, and again, she doesn't suffer fools gladly. Like, as soon as the lion starts that shit with them, she whacks him on the nose. Yeah. And he's like, what do you, who do you think you are, you bully? <laughs> yeah, picking it. on people who are weaker than you. Right. Um, uh, oh, yeah. God, I'm going to cry I thinking know, about that. I know, I know. That's she, so beautiful. She just steps right up. She's like, I'm not doing this. She's like, don't pick on them. Yeah. Oh. It's, you know, and I'm like, there's my little friends from sixth grade, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, you're safe with me. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah, it, it's really. Pick up uh, somebody your own size. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And it's, and, or recognize that like, 
you're you're only really hurting yourself here. Right. It's like when these like gorgeous muscle bound men are just like mm. mean to the fat kid. It's yeah. like, you know what, Raven? Shut the fuck up. Right. Right. I know. It's like whenever I see people like that, I'm like, are you so rich with joy and so rich with connection that you can't possibly make room for anybody else? Because I'm not buying it, Gia. Right, I'm not buying it. Not buying it. Um, you and I both know. You and I both know. <laughs> um, and that, of course, that, that's an interesting way to tie into the sense of this repeated idea of there's no place like home. Oh, and, there we go. The end of the movie. Yeah, and how that connects to um, not just, you know, so many, so many meanings, but I think... Um, Finding your tribe, I think feeling like a Dorothy, feeling like people come and go, all of that. Feeling like you're the horse of, of like a different color. Of all those changes. At first it was like continuity error in, uh, in uh, Emerald City when all the horses kept changing color. And I was like, no. oh. No, they're horses of different they're horses color. They're horses of different colors. Yes. Oh, oh, I get it. Isn't that um, beautiful? Yeah. But I think that concept of, you know, it's, it's a little literal here of like there's no place like home. But there's this sense, there's this concept of home. There's this feeling of home in in sort of um, without going super hippy dippy, but there's in in maybe years past I certainly had a very sort of spiritual experiences and and was going through that journey for a while and that's where I was for a couple of years and I had to develop that part of myself and a lot of what people talk about with having spiritual awakenings and things like that is it feels like you want to go home or that you're coming home and and when it doesn't feel good it's like the sense of I just I'm not home and I want to go home. Mm. And I think when you have the awakening, when you have the breakthrough, you have one of them because it never ends. It feels like coming home. Wow. And it has nothing to do with location and it has nothing to do no, with, right, with, right. with We're not with talking people. about location. Yeah. No, I mean, it is people in a way, but it's this deep knowing of this is where I belong. Ugh. And I mean... Uh, I think for any of our Marys out there, you know what I'm talking about? Right. <laughs> you feel me? Right. Um, right. You get my gist. <laughs> you get my gist. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's worth reading that little scene. Um, Dorothy says, oh, will you help me? Can you help me? At the end of the movie. And Glinda says, you don't need to be helped any longer. You've always had the power to go back to Kansas. Mm -hmm. And Dorothy says, I have? And the scarecrow says, then why didn't you tell her before? Mm -hmm. And Glinda says, because she wouldn't have believed me. You had to learn it for yourself. Mm -hmm. Or she had to learn it for herself. And then the Tin Man says, what have you learned, Dorothy? And Dorothy says, well, I, I think that it, that it wasn't enough just to want to see Uncle Henry and Aunt TM. And it's that if I ever go looking for my heart's desire again, I won't look any further than my own backyard because if it isn't there, I never really lost it to begin with. Is that right? Mm. And then Glenda says, that's all it is. Mm -hmm. You're a star, Tammy. <laughs> You're a goddamn star. And if I told you, you, you wouldn't believe yeah, yeah, me. You didn't need me to tell you. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that's I, I want to compare that speech and this speech yes. because it's the same. It's the speech. same goddamn thing. Yeah. Yeah. Is you've always had it. You don't need me to tell you. And you know what? I like there's so many people that I encounter in my life, in myself, where I'm like, I don't if, if somebody tells me that I'm good. How is that? Help? I mean, Am I really going to believe them? Mm -hmm. I have to believe it first. Right, right. So mm -hmm. to the point where I don't need them to tell me, mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, you're telling me. It's like kind of what Shangela said. Mm -hmm. She's like, you know, it's really good to be validated by my peers, even though I already know it. Right, right. And I and I think of as well, I don't, we've talked about this before with season two, but when Pandora talks about finally hearing from her father. Right. And, but it's like you have to get to the point where you don't need to hear it. You don't that. need to hear it anymore. You've already gotten that for yourself. Right. 
You figured um, it out. Yeah. You knew you figured out how to click your heels mm-hmm. because yeah. going home isn't. And, and uh, to your point, going home is is feeling like you have arrived into a safe space Mm -hmm. or into a place of knowing yeah and i think that's that's how i think of home it's like oh i'm in a place of knowing where i feel like i can then venture out again Mm -hmm. i know what my home base is yep and i can go from there and i know who my people are and i know what grounds me right i know how to get home again yep yep and i know like who is watching out for me and it's like and i just love at the end it's like they all god they're all around they're all here you know and you were there and you were there and we're here and we're here and and she's like there's no place like home yeah yeah yeah. and it's not about going back to that abusive family that you lived in no that's not what it is no it's about finding that authenticity of yourself and your journey and Mm -hmm. where you feel like you belong right because the people who 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 Dorothy finds in Oz obviously are the same people that exist in, and that's the idea is that they're the same people that are in her real life. That these three men are the, you know, the, the fact that they, all these characters, um, even Professor Marvel, who, who kind of manipulates her to get her to go home. Right. And he says, Oh, I hope that kid gets home. All right. Um, you know, all of them have just been, as I said, I've just been watching out for her and are always watching out for her. And, whether that's at your actual home, whether that's in the city you moved in, whether that who knows, who knows wherever you are, it's to me that's what home is. Your community is your home. We, we said before, community is so important. Yeah, your community is your home. Right. You know, um, that energy of like that energy where you fit in is home. I don't necessarily think that you need to have three, four, five people looking out for you for mm-hmm. you to feel home. I think for me, home is. The awareness that you have the power Mm -hmm. to venture out and come back to safety, Mm -hmm. to venture out and to and to take risks and to be different Mm -hmm. and to take care of others. Yeah. Because you are so within yourself. Yeah. Right. That it was within you the entire time. Yeah. That you knew who you were. And that you felt your power the entire time. Mm -hmm. When you feel that, then you're able to, quote unquote, go home. Then you are able to feel safe and feel like you belong in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I see that even now in my life of things like, you know, I have to come to lessons and conclusions on my own uh, of all levels. And, and even though people could have told me the whole, this whole time, I was never going to believe it. And then when I finally figured it out, you know, when I look back on my twenties and it's like, Oh God, could I, why did I, why did I worry about all that shit? Why did I take all that so seriously? Why did I think that was a big deal? It's not like I didn't have people telling me it wasn't a big deal. Right. It's not like I didn't even have myself, like a little voice saying, is this really that important? I had to go through the entire experience before I could get to this stage and say, okay, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> not only do I now see that that wasn't as a big deal and I've learned the lessons, I'm now prepared to go forward and not repeat those mistakes. Sure, right, you know? right. And I, that's the big, that's kind of why she couldn't tell her to click her heels. So at the beginning of her journey is because Dorothy, the lessons that she'd learned from figuring it out on her own is really the, where the journey yeah. goes from here. Absolutely. It's less about the yellow brick road and more about what happens when she gets out of that bed in Kansas and continues on with her life with whatever she learned in this dream. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's a beautiful reading. Um, I, I, I do want to just bring up one thing. Like, I really want to know where the red brick road goes to. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Because that's the thing at the beginning. There's the it, it's intertwined with the, yeah. with the yellow one. Yeah. Where does the red one? Where's go? the red brick road go? <gasps> mm. Follow the red brick road. I mean, why didn't the guy who wrote Wicked give us the the red brick road I, story? Maybe he did. Maybe he talks about maybe it. He did. Yeah. I can't really recall, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, there's many roads, right? Sure. All roads lead to Oz, actually. Mm, yes. Uh, that's yeah. That's like um. A thing You saw Return to Oz right Oh my god I saw it years ago On HBO Because you know I had HBO as a kid sure. um, <laughs> But I think I saw it As an adult And yeah. I was like This It's Fruza Balk Fruza Balk It is bizarre I know it used to scare me It's scary With a queen Who changed her head Yeah Oh my it's god It's scary It's a freaky movie But all roads lead to Oz Yeah, um, yeah. And that's kind of Like one of the things And it's also uh, That's also a beautiful thing Right mm-hmm. to The idea that like Any path you Heck, it's yep. actually you're gonna get there somehow, right? But some might be really rough. Some might be really, really rough. rough. Yep, yep. Um, and then you've seen the Wiz. You know what? I've never seen the Wiz. Oh, Colin. Yeah. It's in many ways even better than the Wizard of Oz. Mm. All right. Okay. That's a- Michael Jackson is brilliant in it. Mm. Diana Ross is so oh, sweet, yeah, yeah. and she's a beautiful singer. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a an entire aspect that maybe we haven't even discussed on this podcast, but um, bringing in the black experience. Yeah. Well, that would be really interesting. Um, yeah. Just the idea of an industrialized Oz and mm. what that kind of is, and and all of these communities that she visits as mm-hmm. she makes her. Way to Oz or to the Wizard, um, and what all of that might represent. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the Wizard of Oz meets the Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy, come out! Actually, they say that in the Warriors. They say Warriors, come out. You ever seen that movie? No. Oh my God, the Warriors is this movie from the seventies, and it's about this. Um, it's all these gangs around New York, and this one gang has to like get to Coney Island, and they have to like fight off all these other gangs in the city. I like, saw this. It was Newsies. Yeah, yeah. Newsies is is a, is a different version of the story. Open the gates and seize the day. Yeah, yeah. I know that. Movie. No, yeah. So this one's like a, a different version of that. <laughs> it's actually it's a great movie. It's okay. so it's so gritty seventies. It's so um, yeah. It's great. It's great. There's a girl in it, so I can watch oh, it. Girls. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So it's fine. She survives. No dogs get hurt. Everything's fine. All right. Yeah. Um. Great movie. Maybe well, not a Matreon movie, but maybe not. Yeah. Uh. Well. Anyway. Um. Marys, if you have any thoughts yeah. on The Wizard of Oz, we definitely want to hear it. We want to keep this discussion going. Mm-hmm. We find this like enriching. We could talk about The Wizard of Oz for days, Mama. Yeah, yeah. You know this. This is a this is a very special movie. Um, so I'm glad we got to do this and share it with all our Marys. Yeah. So um, if you have any thoughts, you can reach out to us on Twitter at All Right Mary, um, or preferably via email um, mm-hmm. at All Right Mary Podcast at gmail.com. That's where I think you'll be able to kind of delve delve into mm-hmm. some deeper ideas, and we'll be able to uh, reciprocate that mm-hmm. appropriately. Uh, or you can re- reach out to us on the web at uh, AllRightMary.com. Yeah, yeah. Because that contact page that goes right to our email address so either works um and of course uh you guys know the drill um well first of all this is of course as we said this is a uh, free bonus episode we're doing for all of our marys but uh these kind of conversations and these kind of queenings out typically happen uh for our patreons which are subscription marys yeah. uh, we do a bonus episode every week and yeah. we clean out on queer movies and draggy movies and um it's a lot of fun yeah um yeah we we just did what we did uh don't, don't tell mom the babysitters does yeah we did care we did Carrie, did yeah. Teen Witch. I think the one that we should do next, and maybe I shouldn't say this on the podcast, but I really want to do Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. Okay, you know, I've never seen it. 
<gasps> so, oh, we're doing it next. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. question. <clears throat> yeah, and there's some others that I'm like hopping to get to, but we'll get to them. Okay, yeah, yeah we yeah. will. Um, so yeah, so of course, if you're keen on getting on board with all that, you can go to Patreon.com/backslash/AllRightMary and you can sign up. And if you have not gotten a chance, head over to iTunes and do that thing you do, which involves five stars and a nice rating. Uh, <laughs> that would be uh, super cool. Super cool. Well, Marys, I hope that you enjoy tonight's finale. Uh, if you're listening to this Thursday, if or, this is appointment listening for you, right, right, yeah. or uh, if you've already seen the finale, I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, I cannot believe Morgan won. I'm just shocked. <laughs> Spoiler! Spoiler alert! Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that's what did it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Marys, uh, I, I really do hope you have a wonderful day, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye, Marys. Bye.